everyone. Welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to seven, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. Have you ever wondered how to best parent your children in the midst of the dramatic changes that we've seen in our world over the last 18 months? I know it's been something that's been on my mind, And I want to talk about this today. So hang in there for just a couple of minutes while I share a couple of announcements, and then I will dive into this topic. I want to remind you to go and check out my new book, The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. This was just published by Zondervan. It's based on my 25 years of experience homeschooling our eight kids. In the book, I show why you don't have to force your kids to spend hours slaving over bookwork all day in order to have a rich, full education. I take the overwhelm out of home education and show you how doable it really is. This book is packed with inspirational ideas that will equip you to be able to home educate in a way that is custom fit for your family. This book is written for any parent who is homeschooling already or is considering homeschooling. In the words of my husband, if you're at the fence or on the fence or you've already joined, I would love for you to check this out, and I think you'll be really, really encouraged. It's available on Amazon, at your favorite bookseller, or at my website, DorendaWilson.com. One more thing. If you've read the book... Could you do me a huge favor? Please go and leave a review at Amazon or with your favorite bookseller. This allows the book to be seen by more moms as they are browsing these websites. I also love for you to subscribe to my website, and you're probably asking why. Well, it's because my subscriber community is the place to receive support and get your questions answered. You'll not only receive all the latest podcasts, but every Wednesday, you will receive a weekly video of encouragement and prayer from me, along with any resources that I think would be helpful. And I'm very, very picky about my resources. You'll also receive mentorship from me directly and support from this community of moms because one Wednesday a month, I hold a live Zoom call for all subscribers so that they can ask questions and receive personal mentorship. I want to provide you with the support you need for your homeschooling journey. There is no cost to this. This is my gift to you, my subscribers. I would love to connect with you. Well, as I mentioned before, I have been challenged as an adult when it comes to what has unfolded over the last 18 months. I can only imagine what, how my kids have felt challenged and how they're processing these things and how the younger children are processing things. And I know it's something we mull over in our minds and we think, well, how do we, how do we know how to best walk with our kids? And part of it is just understanding how what's happening around us and what's been going on and what's unfolded has actually affected them and how it affects this particular generation of kids. And so the first thing that I want to say is just a word of encouragement. 
and I will say this over and over and over again in my podcasts and other places that I speak, that I believe that God has made us and our kids for such a time as this. It's the truth. God knew what He was doing. He timed everything perfectly, that we would be born during this time, that we would be parents during this time, that our children would experience this and they would be part of this particular generation. It was very intentional. God has a plan and a purpose. But as parents, we really need to press into Him, asking Him for wisdom. And that's what I was feeling uh, a few months back as I was processing this and asking the Lord, how can we best lead this generation? Um, how can we best walk alongside of them through the changes that have already happened, the changes that are happening, and the changes to come? Because there's no way for us to foresee and plan for that. We've got to press into the Lord. He is the only one who knows. He tells us in James 1 that if we ask for wisdom, that He will give it to us. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. I have been that double-minded man, that double-minded woman, a double-minded person. Uh, When I have asked God for wisdom, and then out of fear, I go running somewhere else to try to get the answers. Now, it doesn't mean that God can't use Google and um, people and resources to speak to us, but we've got to press in to His wisdom above all. It's part of fearing Him first. That uh, verse that says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We've got to fear God above all else. We've got to fear God above man. And so we've got to put God in his rightful place and ask him for wisdom and then trust that he's going to give it to us. And do you notice in that passage, he didn't say he would just, you know, dole out just a little bit, kind of rations of generosity or, or rations of wisdom. No, he said he would give it generously. So we keep pressing in, we keep asking him for wisdom, and we believe that he is going to give it to us. So in that process of pressing into the Lord and asking him, God, how can we walk well with this younger generation through these times that are unfolding? And I happened across a book called The Pandemic Population. Now, just as a caveat, I'm going to say I have not read the whole book, but there were four uh, principles that I'm going to share here in just a minute that I pulled out of there. And then as I was praying over them and looking at them, it was like the Lord was just uh, kind of pouring into my heart um, just more wisdom from His Word that aligned with these four principles. But The Pandemic Population was written by Tim Elmore, who studies writes and speaks about how to encourage leadership in young people. Now, Tim Elmore is a Christian, but much of his material is used in, um, you know, in non-Christian environments, just with with uh, teachers and who maybe aren't Christians. They're just good habits, good leadership qualities. But you'll notice um, if you do read much of his information that it, it all ties back to scriptural principles um, because that's where wisdom originates from, right? So anyway, 
This pandemic population was just a very short book, but it had some really interesting information in it. And the main point of the book was about how to better guide this generation as they're navigating the effects surrounding COVID. And so he sort of did a deep dive study into this, um, surveying, researching, and uh one of the things that he mentions, and I think this is this is just a, a good principle to live by, is that one of the wisest ways to uh, find out how to guide the next generation or to look for wisdom, obviously the first is God's word, but we also can look, we can mine wisdom from history because I believe that God uses that to give us wisdom. We can look back and we can see patterns and we can see different things that we can learn from and then mistakes to not repeat, right? That's the importance of teaching history, right? We've learned that, if nothing else, over the last several months. So the silent generation, if you've ever heard of them, the silent generation is the generation that grew up during the Great Depression. So um, typically there's groups of, they they divide uh, the existing uh population into groups. You know, you've got you've got your baby boomers and your generation X and your generation Y and generation Z. Okay. So the current generation that's growing up is generation Z. The silent generation um, was the generation that grew up during the depression. And it's really interesting to note that there are actually several similarities between the silent generation and generation Z. The silent generation experienced two economic slumps. Generation Z has experienced three. Suicide rates increased during the silent generation, and they have increased dramatically in Generation Z. Unemployment rose 25% during the silent generation. Unemployment rose in Generation Z to nearly 15%. So there are some similarities there that are worth paying attention to in, in, uh, in terms of you know contrasting and comparing and learning from this these similarities because they are there are very similar warning signs between the two generations but the silent generation fared quite well in spite of it isn't that interesting because you know obviously increased suicide rates is a warning sign that something is awry something isn't right you know these economic slumps this unemployment something isn't right but it's interesting that the silent generation actually fared quite well in spite of it so the question then is why why did they fare well it comes down to resilience the silent generation learned resilience So what made them resilient? Well, there were four main components that Tim Elmore discovered, and these are the things that I want to share with you. The interesting thing about them is that homeschooling gives us the freedom to give our kids these key components that I'm going to share and that have actually been proven to inspire and encourage resilience. Okay, you ready for these? The first one is limited amount of exposure. So back in the silent generation, we did not have the media 
um, just constantly running all around us all the time, everywhere we go. It's phones, it's TVs, it's the radio, it's the newspapers. It's just a constant stream of news and information. We know about disasters and not just the big disasters, which you would eventually hear about some of them um, back in the silent generation, but now you hear about every little thing. And so the silent generation did not have the exposure to the amounts of information that we are exposed to. And the bottom line is we were not made to take in all the information that is available. First of all, it's impossible. Second of all, it just isn't wise. We know that we were not made for this. We can feel it. We know our anxiety levels begin to rise, right? I know mine do when I've just had enough. And it happens actually fairly quickly. And we need to pay attention to that. Now, moms, I want you to listen as I'm going through these four components um, and these four ways that we can walk well alongside of our kids. I want you also to think of yourself in this situation in regards to these four things. You want to provide these things for your children, but you also want to make sure that you are praying for and and allowing God to provide resources and ways for you to um, be discipled and um, sort of walked alongside as well through all of this. I always say, you know, Jesus wants to disciple us as we disciple our children. So we need these four components as well. So we need to make sure that we are limiting our amount of exposure to information, news, um, what have you. You know what your sort of your kryptonite is, you know, whether that's social media or listening to the news or reading the paper or, you know, whatever. We need to be very tuned in to the Holy Spirit whispering to us enough. Stop. This is enough. We're creating parameters and boundaries that God leads us to to um, to limit our exposure to this information. Trust me, you will hear what you need to hear. I, that's what I would do when the kids were growing up. Um, I mean, I was a real weenie. I'm telling you, I could not watch the news. I couldn't read the paper. I was like, God, I can't do that. And disciple and love and parent these children well because it just it causes me to be preoccupied it causes me to fear so much more so i said god would you just bring to me what i know because you know when i would mention this to someone else they would say oh but you got to know what's going on in the world and i and i was asking the lord about that and the lord was like do you think that i cannot tell you or let you know somehow some way anything that you actually need to know I was like, yeah, you're right. You're the God of the universe. You're sovereign over my life. I'm not putting my head in the sand. I'm just choosing to put blinders on and protect my heart. You know, there's a verse that talks about guarding your heart for out of your out of it flow the wellsprings of life. We want to breathe life into our families, into our children, into our marriages. And how can we do that if we don't guard our hearts? Because God's word says it's impossible unless we guard our hearts. And he said, above all else, guard your heart. So God says it's a priority. So no matter what man tells us. That does not supersede what God says. God says we are to guard our hearts and we need to do whatever it takes so that we can breathe life and, um, you know, into our children and into our families. And so 
I did that. I said, Lord, would you just bring me what you want to bring me? Help me to know what I need to know and uh, nothing more, nothing less. And he was so faithful. And you guys, that was before phones, cell phones, social media, and all of that. So the same God who was faithful to do that in my life will be faithful to do that in your life. So um, I just want to encourage you with that. And another thing we have to remember and understand, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know how I feel about protecting our children, especially in the early years. Um, it, it looks different as they become older and, you know, God intentionally allows them to be exposed to certain things as they get older because it's like the greenhouse effect, right? When you plant a seed in a little thing of dirt, in a greenhouse. It's a very controlled environment. You are tending that little seed. You are nurturing it. You are protecting it because it's very fragile. And you want it to grow strong roots, right? So we, we tend it, we keep it in a very controlled environment, and then it begins to grow. And it becomes more and more and more flourishing and hardy. And then we begin to put it outside the greenhouse for short periods of time in you know, somewhat mild elements. And then we allow it to be exposed to more and more and more until it's fully ready to be placed out in the garden and provide and and produce fruit. That's exactly what we are to do with our children. And so we need to protect our children well. You know, when we're very, very young, protect them, you know, virtually completely from everything. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. And I'm telling you, things will come anyway. And that's what I would pray for. I was like, Lord, don't let me overprotect my kids, but I'm going to protect them the way that I feel that you're calling me to. And if you want them to ex be exposed to something, would you just bring along that thing and then give me the wisdom to have the an appropriate conversation with them about it? And as they got older, that happened more and more and more. So you can see how that all fits and how protection is very, very important. So limited amounts of exposure. The second um, component, loving caregivers. Parents, that's you. You know, every now and then we're going to we're going to allow our child to maybe come under the teaching of someone else. We're responsible to make sure that that person is a loving is in fact a loving caregiver. We don't just randomly pick somebody. Um even as homeschooling parents, we outsource a class, we'll outsource something. We need to be aware of who the person is that we're technically allowing to provide, you know, some sort of caregiving to our children. We want them to be concerned about their souls, not just educating them, not just I would say not just educating them, um not just providing information. Um, because we know education isn't neutral, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But not just providing information, we we want um, someone who has a heart for children and a godly heart for children. So what our children need in a loving caregiver, um, and that is us, that is mainly us. We are the loving caregivers. But like I said, we sometimes outsource a class or a, you know, something you know, and uh, something else that our kids do, some outside activity or whatever, but we're still ultimately responsible to make sure that that caregiver is a loving caregiver. Um, that loving caregivers should provide clear guidance, emotional support, and encouragement. So they should care about the whole child. Okay. So, um, but as the our you know, as loving caregivers to our own children, we want to provide the guidance that they need. We need to disciple them. We need to discipline them. We need to train them. If you are trying to homeschool and you don't have boundaries in your home or enough boundaries in your home, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Or if you're if your 
uh, I can tell your homeschooling isn't going to go well. Um, if you maybe have too many and you're you're kind of provoking your children to anger, that's not going to go well either. So we want to provide clear, biblical, godly guidance. We want to, of course, support our children emotionally. We want to be there for them. We want to, we're not babying them. We're not being um, overly sentimental in our parenting. But at the same time, we understand their children and we understand they're still growing and they need us there to, uh, to just be the parents, right? To protect them, to watch over them, to ha- to talk with them, to allow them to, um, ex- you know, be able to communicate their feelings to, you know, all those things that parents provide. That's what we are to give our children. And we bring, and we give them encouragement. Of course, Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay. Do you hear that? That discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord, that translates whole training and education in the Lord. This is wisdom from God. This is biblical instruction. So I'm going to read the verse again, bearing that meaning in mind, okay? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And there's another verse in, um, oh gosh, where is it? It's it's in the New Testament. Um, Jesus was speaking, I think it's in Luke, um, but it says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. And here's the point. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. And what does he mean by that? He means the door to temptation, the temptation to sin. So for our children, the door to the temptation to sin will be open to them, okay? But they better not be opened by us. So we should not be provoking our children to anger, but we need to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in the discipline and instruction that comes from Him. What does that mean? That means we're going to refute false doctrine. We're going to give godly biblical instruction. Now, you're probably saying to me, what if I just feel like I don't know enough to be able to do that? Well, guess what? Your role as a parent is still to do that. This is a calling from God. It is not optional. Okay? If you don't do it, you are abdicating your role to someone else. You are not following through with what God calls you to do. So don't let the enemy discourage you by telling you you don't know enough about the Bible to be able to do this. You guys, this starts in the simplest ways, okay? So this, we must rise to the occasion right? We're going to do this because God calls us to do it. We're going to do this because we love our children. So we're going to rise to the occasion. We're going to seek wisdom, and we're going to be willing to learn right alongside of our kids. It's okay if we don't know everything about the Bible, even if we're not even terribly familiar with it. Guess what? Crack it open. Start reading it. 
Get a good study Bible. One of my favorite study Bibles is the New Living Translation Illustrated Study Bible. Uh, my son and I are, you know, we read every day out of there and we are, we just learn so much and it makes for such great conversation. So get yourself a study Bible and just dive in and start learning. And whatever you're learning, share it with your kids. That's how you can do it day by day. I love doing that. When I just happen to be, I'm in the Word in the morning and I run across something just exciting or something that new that God taught me. I love to share it with my kids. It can be as simple as that, okay? But the point is we're not going to abdicate our role as a parent to someone else. We can't lean into the church to to fulfill the role to disciple our children. They are part of that process, okay? Um, The role of the church community is to provide support to us as parents and help give us and our children biblical instruction and direction, but it's not intended to replace us, okay? It's there as confirmation, affirmation, correction. It's there as a support. It's there as a resource. Um, You know, another, for example, maybe you've got a godly mentor or a Bible class at church. Um, Those can be a wonderful part of our kids' lives, affirming what we're teaching at home. But we still need to be teaching it at home. As parents, we need to be sure that the teaching is accurate and the role model um, that we allow our child to spend time with falls under the definition of a loving caregiver, someone who actually cares about the souls of your children and understands the truth and the authority of God's Word. Okay, so first one was... um, Limited exposure. Second one was loving caregivers. Third one, higher calling. Okay, our children. See, the silent generation understood that there was a higher purpose. Um, There was a sense of morality in that that day and age that was um, passed on to the children, and people lived in neighborhoods, and they took care of each other, and there were a lot of real-life relationships. And so there was this sense that the world didn't revolve around them. They were part of something bigger than themselves. And to me, when I hear higher calling, the the higher calling that is of utmost important is um, instilling our faith into our kids passing our faith onto our children. I talk about this in the four-hour school day, how important this is and why. But faith is the ability to trust when we can't see, okay? Knowing that God is sovereign and good. We want to instill that in our children. We want them to know and believe that God is sovereign and He is good. And so we're walking that out alongside of them as, um, as these times we are in continue to unfold. One of the most powerful ways that we do this is to give our kids a thoroughly Christian education. You know, our pastor did a a sermon on this, a message on this uh, the other day, and I'm going to be sharing it on the podcast soon. But he pointed out, again, it was a wonderful reminder. I already know this to be true, but I think we need to be reminded over and over again as Christian parents, there is no such thing as a religiously neutral education. It does not exist. So um, I'm going to be sharing that message soon, and it's going to expound on our calling to a fully Christian education. And one little hint I can tell you, it is not going to happen in a public school. It is impossible, and that message that I'm going to share will explain why. But here's the thing, giving our kids that sense of purpose, that higher calling, 
that sense of a higher calling. When our kids understand their identity as children of God, the world and the culture will not be able to deceive them. Do you hear that? When our kids understand their identity as children of God, the world and the culture will not be able to deceive them. They will cling to the truth. You probably are aware right now the statistics that 70% of kids from professing Christian families walk away from the faith. And I'm convinced that a big part of that is because many parents are sending their children to government schools. Um, it, it's, it's a religion in and of itself, and that, again, will be explained on the message that I'm going to share. But we must pass our faith on to our kids, and that requires intentional discipleship. We've got to pass our faith onto our kids. Now, I want to stop here for just a minute and say I do believe that it's possible to do that with a Christian school, um, the right Christian school that has the right mission statement and the right approach. Um, but I do believe that is possible at a Christian school. Um, I, of course, talk about homeschooling because that is our experience, and I am convinced that more pe- more parents can do this than think that they can do this. And that's why I wrote The 4-Hour School Day and why I continue to do this podcast, because I want parents to understand how doable it is, it is and what a blessing it is. Okay, so go back through the list again. Limited exposure, loving caregivers, a higher calling, last one, calm leadership. Okay, this one can be a little difficult for those of us who uh, struggle with fear, right? Our kids can sense when we're afraid. We need to be very careful, not that we're trying to fake courage, but that we're actually finding courage and we're finding it in our faith and we're finding it in the Lord. And we are asking him for the peace and the courage to walk out what's in front of us so that we can set the example to our children. We have to set the example. Our kids know when we're faking it. They can feel it. They can sense it. You can't fool them. And so let's set an example to our children. We cannot expect our kids to be faith-filled if we don't trust God in our own lives. We cannot expect them to be bold and courageous if we are full of fear. When we turn around and tell them to be courageous and that God will help them overcome, but they're not seeing it in our own lives, they are not going to believe it. So we have got to be walking and growing in our walk with the Lord right alongside of our kids, okay? Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. We have to be teachable. We have to put the fear of the Lord above anything else because because it is foundational to true knowledge and wisdom. We do not want to just pass information onto our children. We want to pass wisdom onto our children, and that means we have to be growing in it as well. And as we do that, I believe that we are, are able, we will be able and are able as we walk that out to provide the calm leadership that our children need. We cannot let our emotions run the show. We have got to have calm leadership. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will be health to your body 
and nourishment to your bones. Do you hear both times? There's twice there that he says not to trust in ourselves, not to be leaning on our own understanding, not to be wise in our own eyes, which all of that is what the world is constantly perpetuating to us, is constantly trying to get us to, you know, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and be wise in our own eyes and have all this knowledge and this information. Like we feel like information is power, but the reality is we don't need more information. We need wisdom. We need wisdom as to what to do with that information. So we seek wisdom first. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. We as parents need to not despise wisdom and discipline, and we need to teach our children to do the same. Because more is caught than taught, parents. I'm telling you, Luke 6, verse 39 and 40 says, uh, Jesus is talking and he, he tells a parable and he says, and he's talking about a, a teacher-student relationship. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. That is the challenge to us homeschooling parents. As we disciple our children, we want to be who we are praying our children will become. Okay. And understanding that they are following our example. More is caught than taught. This doesn't mean we have to do everything perfectly, but we need to keep uh, exercising wisdom by being teachable and being willing to uh, seek the Lord for wisdom and, and accept the discipleship. Allow him to disciple us. Allow uh, uh, people who are older in the faith to disciple us. Uh, one of the ways I do that is by listening to pastors that I, I really, really respect and know that their theology is sound. And uh, so there's we have so many resources when it comes to that. But allow yourself to be discipled. Don't stop being discipled. Ask the Lord for wisdom as to what that looks for you looks like for you right now. Much of Generation Z lacks resilience because they haven't been given a solid foundation of faith. God is calling the hearts of parents back to their children. Even parents who have been homeschooling are and should be recalibrating their approach as we seek to prepare our kids for a future that only God can see. We have the opportunity of a lifetime when we homeschool our kids. May we be found faithful to equip them well and exercise wisdom in our parenting as God leads by limiting our kids' exposure, loving and caring for them well, passing our faith onto them, and providing calm, faith-filled leadership. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the resources that you bring, God, that, that just inspire us to be faithful in this role as parents and as homeschooling parents. God, we want to raise up a strong generation of warriors, warriors who will change the culture, change the world, expanding the kingdom. God, that's why we're here. We are here as image bearers. Help us to do well in bearing your image as we disciple our children to be image bearers as well. God, thank you for your goodness to us. I pray for your peace and your presence to fill the home of each and every parent who's listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 